I bring you greetings from the Anglican Diocese of Marsabit in Kenya, and from my own family, my wife Safia, and my three children, Wako, who is 14, Ebisan, who is nine years, and a to our daughter, who is now four years. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Reverend Tyler, for having me here. And thank you, Christians, for uh, having me to be in your midst this day. It's just been a great blessing moving from one pulpit to the next, sharing God's word, God's love. I thank God because of the gift of our Christian partnership together in the gospel ministry. God has been faithful even in the midst of the many challenges that we face in northern Kenya. We have continued to proclaim Christ. We've continued to see people come to faith and it's such a great blessing and encouraging to know that there are quite a good number of people praying for us and supporting us as we do the work of the Lord in that front line. In his book, Things Fall Apart, a Nigerian writer, Chinua Achebe, probably quoting William Butler says, turning and turning in the widening gaia, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart, the center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. Things fall apart. Sometimes we don't really understand why things happen the way they are happening. Looking around, we see brokenness in families, in homes, broken relationships between wife and husband, and children and parents. Broken promises, it's all around us. We see it near us, we hear and watch and see in the news, it's all brokenness. It's likely the center has moved. And there could be strong and central pillars holding such buildings into place. And in the part of the country where I come from, especially northern Kenya, we live in semi-permanent built houses, circular, and there's one big tree or wood that at the center of the house, and all the roof now rests on that, and all the weight. And if that is moved, the house moves apart. Sometimes we blame God. Why has he done this? Where is he when all this is happening? Rarely do we ask ourselves, what is my role? How have I played into this problem, into this brokenness? Last general election of 2007 in Kenya, the Western nation, speaking to the Kenyan political landscape, said, 
choices have consequences. And in this case, therefore, choices are made by individuals at individual level or corporately as a team. And sometimes it's just good to look back at ourselves in our, in our hearts, in our minds, and just take an, a honest evaluation. Do I, is, it, is it really about God who has messed me up? Or I have messed up my life? To the contrary, in the book of Hosea, we see a God who is, not making, who is not messing up people's lives, but actually always seeking after people to mend what has been messed up by them. Hosea's marriage to a wife who is a prostitute, God pressing on him to marry her, even when she has run away from him, even when she is not faithful, even when she is bringing all this embarrassment and scorn on him, pictures the love that God has persistently for his people, Israel, and for his people, us today. He always pursues them, follows them, calling them back to himself even when they have chosen or chosen to walk away from him, just like Goma chose to walk away from her husband, Hosea. Something disturbing is the posture of the person loved. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse two, the scripture says, the more they were called, referring to Israelites, the more they went away. The more here refers not to once. Many moments and many times of calling, of pursuing, and the, and the, and the choosing to walk away is not just once many times of choosing to walk away from God. They were sacrificing to Baal. They were making idols. But yet God still pursues them. God still follows them up. And in the Revelation, uh, in Hosea 14, God is still using his prophet Hosea to speak to the people of Israelites and calls them to return to him. And, and, and in verse 2, he says, in verse 1, he says, For you have stumbled because of your iniquity. You are in the mess because of the sins that you have done. Turn. Turn back home. God's searching grace. Always kind always gracious, always running after his people. Finally, in, in, in verse 2, we see them now heeding 
we see them now making a very honest evaluation of their lives. Remembering that time, those times when they have walked away from God. How? When they sought the help, the shelter of the Assyrians and the Egyptians during the time of war. When they chose to have a king like other nations, forgetting that God is actually their king. When they chose to trust in the horses and chariots for war and not God, who oftentimes just sends down thunder and their enemies scatter away. When they chose to crave images and idols for themselves to worship as God, they realized it's all in vain. And now they turn to God with sincerity and confess their sins and ask God to forgive them and ask the God to restore them. When this happens, verse 4 and 5, 6 and 7 points out to a life of those who are now restored, forgiven. The life of those who have been now invited or accepted back. And he uses an um, example of trees. You know, I will be like the dew to Israel. Not the dew in the morning that described the fallenness of Israelites, where God said, your love for me is like a dew in the morning, a mist in the morning. That's only there a short time and goes away. But this time is a dew that stays, that remains, that nurtures. Like the trees of, uh, of, of Lebanon, whose root grows deeper and deeper. That moment when we turn back to Lord, the God, our roots and our lives in him is deepened and strengthened. The good life of the reconciled, the good life of the forgiven, the good life of those who are restored to fellowship with God afresh again. This is a great love. And you know, in my community, the area is very remote and very poor. Men will travel to Nairobi or far towns to look for jobs. And they write back to their families those days and, and, and send some money home. And to most of the mothers, they think that Nairobi is just a small campus, maybe like just like this, this, this St. Paul Somerville campus. They feel that everybody knows every other person and you meet them on a regular basis. And they will ask, has anyone come from Nairobi? And if she's told, yes, somebody came from Nairobi and he's in, in, in Bluffton, then she will now walk to that place to meet that person. And because of the love that she has for her son, she would ask, 
have you seen my son so and so? Do you know him? And oftentimes she is told, no, I don't know such a person. Always desiring to hear the good news about the son that they love, she loves. And at one time, I was writing a letter for this old mama who is writing, communicating to her son, and she says, I'm not after money. I know you, cannot, you are not writing back and communicating because maybe you don't have a job. Maybe the money that you have is not even enough for you. But what I am interested after or in is just to hear that you are doing well. Just to hear you are fine. My son, it's not about the money. It's just about knowing that you are well. Friends, brothers, and sisters in the Lord. That in a small way opens us to the heart of God. Always and ever loving, caring, tender. Nigerian movies, in most cases, is made in Nigeria by Africans. And when you watch, it begins with like a family, a good relationship, then brokenness, people part ways and go away. And the, what normally touches me greatly is the ending. And in most of them, a mother comes carrying a baby in her hands, and other children following and coming back from through the, the gate. And the husband peeps through the window and sees her coming. And when that is happening in the movie or in the video, you hear Christian music about healing, forgiveness, reconciliation, the joy of the moment. It really touches you. And then the man kneels down. The wife falls on him. They embrace each other. That moment of restoration. Doesn't it bring to mind the prodigal son? Whom the Bible says, after deserting his father and his family and going away, messing up his life, the Bible says, when he came back to his senses, when he came back to his sense, he said, I will go back home. He was going back home to be a slave. But his father's heart was not for him to be a slave. For him to be restored back to his place and the status of sonship. I can imagine in my mind and see his father running across the field to welcome back his son. Even when the son doesn't expect to receive such great banquet and welcome. Because deep in his heart he knows he's messed up. His relationship with his father, he's messed up. His relationship with his brothers, he's messed up his own life. 
and he feels like nobody's going to care about me. But his daddy cares. My brothers and my sisters in the Lord, it doesn't matter where we are and what situation we are in at the moment. If only we make a honest evaluation of our lives, of our hearts, and realize of the signs of Assyria, the sign of the horses, the signs of the idols in our lives that we've cling on to, and by so doing have turned our backs to God, and just hear God's invitation, return, my son, return, my daughter, return. He's going to embrace us into his arms without any reservation. His love for his people flows out. But only those who turn to him in repentance and in sincerity benefit from all the blessings that flows out with that love of God that flows. As I finish, what posture of life should those who are healed and restored and reconciled and forgiven take in their life? It is not enough that I am born again, I am saved, the Lord knows me and I know the Lord. There is work to be done. Those who are healed and reconciled and restored have a responsibility of taking the message of reconciliation and healing and forgiveness to the broken world, to the broken society, to the broken hearts. For if we don't share, for if we don't speak about this great love of God, who else will? If the church keeps quiet and is content with itself and not reaching out to the world near and far with the gospel, how will they hear about this great love of God? The healed, the forgiven, the restored, the healed have a message to run with to the broken spots in our society. May the Lord God give us the grace to always and constantly turn to God in repentance and rest in his loving embrace, but also be in the business of drawing men and women to God's kingdom. May the Lord God bless you, keep you in his word and in his love. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.